It's January of 2018, and this is the first program, first episode in the Insight to Action podcast. My name is Donna Jones. I'm your host, and I thought today's program would involve giving you a bit of an overview of what I see ahead for business for 2018. I think it's going to be an extremely exciting year. I've been watching and paying attention a lot to what's going on with governments and politics, but also what the effect of that is on the uh, leadership in companies. And so in, in looking back, I see that, that some of the decisions that politicians have made have prompted leaders to make more value-based decisions. And I wrote about that in the Huffington Post, but it's the difference between making a decision based on what you believe in and making a decision based on what's important, what you value most, what transcends all else. And so that's, that's the one thing that I think is pretty exciting. We also have, and this has been the imperative and the actual background for not just this program, but also the one I started in 2008, which is the Evolutionary Provocator podcast. And that was really to help people, the companies and individuals and leaders adjust, adapt, make, make the kinds of decisions that make a difference in today's world. And today it, it is the decision-making is the portal for that. It is the the leverage. And of course, without leadership, the bold decisions can't be made. So this is where courage and leadership are closely tangled up, very tightly tangled, very tightly intertwined, put it another way. I've been really grateful for all the people that have come onto this program, everything from self-management to perspectives on quantum physics and physics and how that impacts relationships inside companies. And, and at the broader level, at the global level, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to me in terms of global health and the capacity of the planet to really support us uh, through, through all the life support services that we take for granted? We, we don't even think about it. We don't think about why the honey shows up on the shelf. We don't think about how milk uh, ends up there or anything else for that matter. So it's not until these natural disasters strike that, that there is a greater awareness that we do, we do live on a very volatile system at this point because it's been it's been there's been compromises made to the resilience of the planet to recover so more than ever this is a time for leadership more than ever this is a time for companies to completely shift this the, the level of leadership from looking at purpose as a profit driven shareholder driven narrow benefit kind of aspiration, which is quite limited in by nature, to much higher, more meaningful, more beneficial across the board to really restore, you know, societal, system-wide, ecological, and well, economic health. Now, if I look at the surveys that companies that, that where they survey executives to sort of say, hey, what's top of mind, I don't see things that speak to the understanding that there is a interconnectivity between all things. This is not something I made up. This is physics. It's science. It's uh, it is you know there are interconnections. For every action, there is a reaction. Uh, for every action, there is an action. And so it, it it goes bigger than that. And the background for me, and I'm going to speak personally now, came about when I was a kid because I spent a lot of time in the in the woods watching birds do their thing. Woodpeckers hammering on the tree, moving up and down the tree, how they do it, the observation skills that go with uh, being in nature gave me, I think in the end, a real edge for being able to observe organizational dynamics 
and for being able to go deeper into why things are the way they are, what's showing up and why, and to not just sit at the surface with a judgment on top of what I think is going on, but to dig deeper and look more closely at the relationships. And I, I think that's an opportunity that all leaders have now uh, is to really look at that. So when we look at statistics on disengagement, when we look at statistics on stress-related illness, the assumption is that it's the people's fault. There's no real capacity to to dig deeper into why these these symptoms are showing up, but they are symptoms. And so part of the projects that I've been working on is a is a uh, immersive experience to bring awareness back into play that the workplaces now are creating a lot of the stress-related illness. So it's almost like the decisions are creating the stress and the stress is affecting people, but instead of handling and going back to the actual scope, looking at the big picture, we're going to blame the people instead, which is a really self-defeating approach. So looking ahead, I think what that means is that we're going to be much more thoughtful about what we're doing in workplaces today. I'd like to see the executive level in particular, but at all levels, because that's where the leadership must come from. It must come from all levels. I think we're going to see much more attention given to why things are being done and and, and what is the balance between taking action and, and, you know, I go into workplaces and I see people are under enormous pressure to meet goals and targets and that profit and there's no capacity to really make the kinds of adjustments required to fit uh, and to meet up with the speed of change. It is radical and it is rapid. And in, in what's happening in companies that are sticking to those old ways is it's burning people out. And so uh, there's a, a huge opportunity in companies to, to change that trajectory, to really stop and reflect, take the time out. And, and make them more uh, informed and more a, a better choice. Now, when I say that, obviously what has to go with that is a capacity to, to widen and broaden perspective. There, that's an absolutely critical requirement because when you look at only a narrow lens, you can't see anything outside. And I guess the easy way to do that is to put your, you know, just with me now, if you put your thumbs in front of you and hold your arms straight out in front of you at chest level, most people can just see the two thumbs. Now just take your uh, arms and, and move them to your sides across, That's your and, and then behind your back, you can see peripherally. And that is where foresight takes place. That's where the capacity to start to see the interrelationships takes place. It is in the wider view. It is not in the narrow. So massive opportunity for uh, basically an adjustment to mindset. So that's, you know, if we if we look at, reflect back on, on what lies ahead then, it's going to be this broadening of this mi- of mindset. It's going to be applying values to decisions. It's going to be taking bold leadership moves, which means moving you into new territory and preferably your entire organization, depending on what your scope of control is inside your company. The alternative to that will be increased pressure. And of course, you know, when we talk about adapt or die, there's been some argument about, oh, no, no, that's too radical. Well, not not really, actually. I did an interview with uh, a gentleman on my other podcast called, who's the author of the Yoga, Yoga of Max's Discontent. And privately, he told me that he was watching companies go down almost two, two or three a week in New York. So 
this is not trivial. This is not a trivial challenge. It's not a passing cycle. It is a massive opportunity to to both lead at a higher level, but see at a deeper level. So, you know, what I call depth perception, going deep. Now, when you look at the the, the anxiety that people are experiencing, when you look at the events that, particularly the political events in the United States and the polarity that has resulted, and you look at the pressure of migration, and then you come to where I live in Canada, where life is very good. I mean, let's face it, we, we've taken in refugees and so forth, but our our society hasn't been that challenged overall by certainly the things I've seen in Europe in my travels. I've been around the world several times, and so I've had the opportunity to to really see through the lens of different worldviews and and to be be a part of different cultural experiences. And I, and for that, I'm extremely grateful because it helps me when I go into organizations to understand what's at the root of things. So so if the backdrop for the planet or, or for for global consciousness today, if the backdrop for that is at a wider biosphere level, if we think about the planet as a whole, then how nations govern themselves is going to have everything to do with what it, things look like economically for business, what kind of role business can play. And I'm actually personally here to challenge business to to lead because there's a whole lot of things, as you've been witness to, in, in the government where there have been a complete inability to step up to a higher level of view and to be able to see things beyond the nation-state level. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate the need for nation-states to determine their future. I appreciate the efforts, you know, the, the, the um, identity, cultural identity of, of uh, you know, areas like Catalan and, and various places like that. So this is not a denial of that. It's an understanding that we have a big tapestry to work with and we're all in this together from a planetary point of view. So to, to looking forward in terms of what this means for you personally, I see a number of places where people are very, feeling very anxious and or in their, if they're making decisions inside they're running on fear, and it's the fear of not making the next quarter, the fear of this, the fear of that, and fear of losing my job, whatever it is, and or they're making desperate moves around financial or emotional security. So these are deeply rooted requirements and fundamental needs that people have. And when the company is unable to engage the creative talent that people have within, then the entire company starts behaving like a needy child and begins to draw out more than it gives back. And and so I, I've talked to a lot of people who've quit corporate and it, it from their point of view, is a, a soul-sucking experience. From the company point of view, they've got the language down, they can talk the talk, but they cannot walk the walk. So again, for the 2018, we're going to see much more more um, a closing of that gap between, in terms of a congruence between talking one thing and doing something else and actually being able to do it. I'm hoping that the millennial millennials will simply not tolerate anything else because that is the only source, that, the only best way for pressure to correct this imbalance between basically organizations that were designed to serve as machines and organizations that are, are actually truly human and centered on being human and centered on serving all of what we require 
as a species to function and, and exist and be, be in absolute health. So fundamentally this means that to survive as a species, we don't get desperate, we don't get stupid, we don't start drawing, you know, assuming that, that we can do whatever we want. We actually get smarter, we get more creative, we use our creative talent, creative talent that's been there for a long time and it's just been kind of on idle because we haven't really had to call on it, but now's the time for doing that. So many of you that have heard me talk in, in, in speeches will have heard me say this. Now let me go back to anxiety because this is where feeling comes in, this is where emotion comes in, and I'll share a bit of my story with you, which I've never done, and I have to say it's a bit nerve-wracking <laughs> to do so now, but I will. In 20, 2003 or four, when I began this journey of working with the planet in a more holistic way and watching humanity and, and basically seeing that we weren't able, we weren't adapting fast enough to meet up with the changes, certainly ecologically. Then I pulled back and I started doing research into physics, astrophysics, e biology, more, you know, deeper, deeper insight into what's at the root of all of these things, these, these dynamics. And by 20, 2006, 7, 8, I began to try putting things forward, which to me looked logical to business. Things that just, you know, if you want to survive, then these are the things you have to do. And my gosh, I found out that as Deming, Edward Stenning would say, survival is optional. In fact, I, I absolutely got no feedback whatsoever, no, no opportunities, no response. By 2009, I'd lost my home to this. I had to leave. I sold it, but I had to leave it. And, and I didn't have anything left by the time that cleared because I'd, I'd refinanced everything to keep trying. And I've been on the road now for nine years. And in the course of that, I've had to come to terms with my own source of security. So where, where do you, how do you, how do I, as a person, you know, how do I shift perspective? So I look at something and say, well, gee, I don't have this, this, I look at something through the lens of lack. And I, and instead I look at the same thing and I say, wow, look at how fortunate I am. I have this. And so this is the deeper part of the journey that no one has to do what I have done in order to grasp this but it is the part of the journey that asks you to tap more deeply into yourself to find your emotional security your, your financial security be at peace with what shows up and that's the key to it so essentially what that means is self-regulation the emotional self-regulation your capacity to be aware of where you are how you're feeling you have the ability then to bring that back to a place of joy to bring it to a place of peace to bring your heart and center it. And when you do that, you have such a powerful vehicle for ensuring you don't get depressed, for monitoring your self-care, for knowing when workplaces are, are not the right place for you, for accessing your intuition at a more clear level rather than operating on a set of beliefs that, that really limit and restrict a view of reality. So I'm offering this uh, story, and there's a number of parts to it as you can appreciate, but it is really just to point out that this is the journey, not, not the same one I've been on, but the idea of going deep within yourself and tapping into these, these um, inner impulses to be more, to achieve your highest potential, to reach deeper, to uh, contribute your talent, to really make a difference in this world. This is the calling of the now. This is the calling of today. Absolutely no question in my mind whatsoever. So what that means is you are using a lot of 
techniques to stay centered in yourself. They come from the martial arts, some of them. Some of them come from yoga. They come from meditation. They come from mindfulness. They come from physiological breathing and so forth. Many, many different doorways to stay centered and be at peace with yourself. But this is how you take something like anxiety, you take something like stress, and you turn it into a benefit for yourself. Because we, we, we tend to be pathologically oriented we tend to look at anxiety and see there's something wrong we've got to go fix it it's actually a calling in many ways it's a calling to do something different that is the calling we have in front of us now for 2018 i think what we're doing is we're spending a lot more time drawing deeper in ourselves spending a lot less time judging others instead accepting people for who they are embracing them for who they are and then doing all we can to support the, their emergence as, as deeply creative, as multiply intelligent across a wider spectrum of intelligences. So even those of you that are, prefer an analytical or you know, analytical linear logical framework, to know you can open up and access that, that creative side. We've seen this before, you know, where people will take, leave their creative brain at home and just take their linear analytical to work. This is a place where we start stretching the brain, accessing some of the somatic intelligence, the physical, the body intelligence, working with some of these deeper emotions that can hijack what's going on and, and actually prevent success. So if you take your journey as a person and you scale that to the community of people that work inside your company, and then you scale that wider to the communities that you, you're, you, you live in and that the companies serve. The company serves so multiple communities in that case. And then you scale it wider to what's our societal impact? What's our ecological impact? How, does, how are things, what decisions do we need to make so we, we, we actually save money and we, we restore and regenerate the, net, the systems that support us. And, of course, you know, the big question is we can't forget about profit. I saw that on LinkedIn the other day, and I thought that was hilarious because it's, nobody's forgetting about profit. This is not about forgetting about profit, but it is about understanding what creates it. And so when you focus on something as narrow as profit, you forget what creates it. And what, what I'm talking about here in this shift for 2018 is to expand the lens so that you can actually see what creates profit, and then allow the profit to show up because it does exponentially much more value created by companies that are doing something for a higher purpose or doing something to, that benefits more people. So that's the exciting part about, about all of this in, in, in my view. What, what does this mean for you? Well, in summary, there's three lenses. One is the decisions you make. And of course, applying that, the simple way to apply that is to look at things and say, what impact will this decision have on others? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to include and involve in this decision? And, and how can we look at things differently? In other words, this is using diverse perspectives to make a better choice. So rather than trying to limit the, the, the views that come in so that they don't challenge your own view, you have to have the courage as a leader. To, you have the courage to say, look, I, I'm no, I'm no, I don't have all the answers. You have to have the humility to say, I don't have all the answers. I need to ask more people. And in doing so, you will then make far better decisions with much less chance of a, of a negative series of unintended consequences. 
It won't eliminate the, un eliminate the unintended consequences, but your increased awareness will at least tell you why things happen, which is important. So that's one part of it, the decision-making lens. The second part of it is shifting perspective, expanding and widening perspective. The narrow, narrow, narrow view on one single dot means that all these other relationships are being ignored. So wherever you can, go in and talk to someone who's, whose point of view is completely different from yours and explore, ask, and it can be your son, daughter, it can be your partner, it can be whoever it is in your world that you, you just simply look at them and say, I don't understand you right now. Well, rather than lay that on them, go and say, look, I would really like to learn more from you right now and ask the questions, not the leading ones, not the sarcastic ones, but ask the questions that invite, invite vulnerability, that invite openness, that invite the response that comes from deep within, the intuitive, the, the natural, the, the genuine, the real response that, that someone is carrying around with them. And you obviously have to listen empathically. You have to listen with your entire body and just turn that mind off and, and put it on park while you take in this information. So, so listening skills are absolute deep, deep, deep listening skills are absolutely pivotal. I mentioned in the beginning about observation. This relates to perception. It relates to perspective and worldview as well. The ultimate goal is to be able to move from different worldviews, to be able to see through these different lenses, culturally, a variety of different slices. But it's to be able to experience those and understand them. One of the things that I, I felt that the current democratic systems fail to do is to take into account the cultural backdrop that all of these decisions will be implemented in. So if you take a look at implementing, um, uh, you know, averting child poverty in, in Congo, what's the cultural backdrop? If you take go to Haiti, what's the cultural backdrop? If you try to avert poverty in the United States of America, what's the cultural backdrop? The, these help you understand where the levers for change are. We are working in complex systems. Make no mistake about that. This is nothing, there's nothing linear about this at all. Understanding that, in fact, within complexity, there is these specific levers, and they're going to be different in every situation. So top surface symptoms might look like poverty, might look like environmental degradation, might look like economic woes in, in a large scale, but the lever for correcting them will be fundamentally human and will tie in personal uh, leadership, and then, of course, companies to take that lead on that as well. I had the good fortune this year, this last year, of working with Richard Barrett on his recent research on countries and their values, and I had the opportunity to present that information to a Greek business unit, one of my clients, who to, to really illustrate how personal changes, how you handle yourself personally, how the, the unit interacted with itself, within itself, could leverage change at the national level in terms of economic health. So these are the kinds of levers I'm talking about. It's, they're not, they can be within the scale of an organization or they can be within the scale of you to the national health. There, there's a lot of room in here. It's extremely exciting. So my journey to, to getting to where we are today is to be of highest service in terms of assisting with the transformational process, really leveraging through insights and helping provide the deeper set of skills that are required to work with complexity with, with a great deal of ease. 
and without any kind of, of uh, tumultuous type of stress or, or destructive type of stress. There is a, a version of stress that seems to be a little known called eustress, and that's the eustress is the kind of stress that's actually good for your health, and it, it helps you uh, because it's a challenge. It goes back to the, the game science. It, it goes back to growth mindset. It's the idea that if you put something in front of you, like we're going to eliminate poverty in the world today, or we're going to eliminate child sex slavery, or we're going to restore these ecological systems, if you put something like that in front of you and see it as a challenge, and you engage all the resources inside your company toward that, then you were actually logically, because you've got the business model, assuming you've done that part, you've looked at the business model and you've got a good one, you will logically get far more done because you're bringing far, much more online than just the intellect. When people bring their whole selves to work, when they bring their heart to work, it's extremely exciting. So I appreciate you've just listened to a monologue by me, and I, uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's been of value and of use. I'm, I'm excited by what lies ahead for 2018. I think that what is, has to be done today in today's world, and certainly over this next year, must be done collaboratively, must be done collectively. That includes working on business cultures. The assumption that we have all the answers and we know what we're doing ignores the, the fact that you can't see what you can't see. So that's where insights come in. That's where uh, having most people with different perspectives come in. And by having everybody work together, I mean, the number of companies I see who've got a, a bucket load of consultants and they're all working on individual dots within the system, but the whole picture is not together is disturbing. It's, it is almost a waste in many respects. So the best thing you can do if you're, if you're in, a, in an area of responsibility and change or transformation is to pull the outside team together so that they can all work together to help the inside team achieve their goal. With respect to change transformation, the other thing to remember is that we are not working in linear systems. So the idea that you would go into an organization and tinker with these different parts and replace this process with this process will get you somewhere, it will, but it will only get you so far. When you remember that these are quantum systems, it's a systems view of life, and if you'd like the reference, you could use systems view of life by Fritoff Capra or look at any of Irvin Laszlo's work. And you will understand that we're combining consciousness, the evolution of human consciousness, which, which means awareness, higher, deeper sense of purpose with an understanding of how energy works inside systems. So that means, as Friedhoff Capra said, you tickle the system for change. You will notice that the decrees that come from above don't all get traction. And they don't all get traction because it is the emotional and the social system inside a company that really activates, gets things done, basically. So again, I, I hope that this has offered some idea of why I've been doing what I've been doing, a little bit of a forecast for 2018. What's in it for you is a more expanded set of skills, a tremendous amount of energy focused at creating solutions in working in, together with other people in collaboration, which I would, I'm totally open to. So I appreciate hearing from you, whether it's in the virtual reality, mixed reality space, or in you know, the human transformation, the human potential work, the part we do inside or on the decision-making front where we look carefully at how to deepen your access to your balance between your intuition and your rational. A number of different fronts there. 
great year ahead. I need to thank Irvin Laszlo for including me in the Intelligence of the Cosmos. Chapter 7 is on deep dynamics. I also am excited about what's ahead in terms of both the new paradigm for research, the guide handbook that's just been published, and what's possible using guy television. So we've got that coming up in May in Tuscany. So I'm excited about all that. Thank you very much for being a part of the Insight to Action podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's see what we can do by working together that we cannot do by working alone. My name is Donna Jones. You'll find me at fromInsightToAction.com. You'll find me at Twitter, E-P, Donna, D-A-W-N-A, underscore Jones, and or on LinkedIn. Podcast is Insight to Action, Libsyn.com. I've got a great lineup of programs ahead for you for 2018. Uh, which which cover a lot of different topics. So looking forward to sharing those with you. It's an exciting year ahead. I'm excited for, for all of us as we explore what we're really capable of achieving when we tackle these wicked problems together using technology as our tools and using other tools we have available to us, but really anchoring the, cap- the capability within our deep human potential. Looking forward to it.